You're listening to the Christian Humanist Radio Network, ChristianHumanist.org. And Jesus hears them all, speaks them all, spoke them all first, teaches them all. Day and night, the heavens pour forth speech. Pray over me in Dutch, worship with me in Hindi, shout with me in Ebonics. God has seen me naked and still calls me son. Do the electric slide with me beneath the stars. What language do they speak? Who knows? But I know it's praise. Teach me the hustle, man. I want to hug everyone in the whole world. And my friend Bradley, too. But I want to do it in Swedish and make Swedish meatballs for everyone Swedishly. God is a generous, generous, generous God. Let's eat ramen and raw cookie dough all night and play Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 with old friends and their wives. Praise King Jesus. There is music on. Can you You're listening to Sectarian Seconds, an occasional and random series of mini-episodes from the Sectarian Review podcast. Subjects and even presenters may vary. If you would like to host an episode, contact us at the Sectarian Review Facebook page or send an email to sectarianreview at gmail.com. Now, please enjoy a helping of Sectarian Seconds. Recently, I had the opportunity to interview a young spoken word artist named Chris Bernstorff, and that's spelled B-E-R-N-S-T-O-R-F. I'd met Chris a couple of years ago, and when I saw that he was going to be touring in my neighborhood, I made arrangements to attend the performance. The show itself was held in the basement of a church in a terrifying area of Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Curbside couches were strewn around the edges of what suburban churches might call the Fellowship Hall leaving space for a mosh pit near what Philip Larkin might have called the holy end, in this case the platform and speakers. Bernstorff spoke his art into the middle of a set mainly comprised of aggressive metallic music and wandered through the standing crowd of 50 heavily tattooed listeners, reciting his work from memory. I was far too old and square uh, to be here, but my friend Rob and I found comfortable places on a thrift store couch and enjoyed the show with an implausible peace. Lately, as evidenced by recent episodes of this podcast, I found myself longing for a Christian culture that depends less on the slick production values of professional marketers, and this was exactly that. Music and words not ordained and approved by Christian capitalism, but rather living freely in the margins. This music was in no way for me, but I loved being a part of it for one night, and I'm grateful to know that it exists, touring homes and basements across the landscape of Christian America. And now here is my interview with Chris. Uh, I know this isn't like journalistically sound, but the heck, this is a podcast. I really enjoyed the show. And, awesome. Uh, awesome. <laughs> as my, you know, uh, whatever, uh, neutrality is out the window. How in the world did you, where do you come from? How did you get involved in this uh, kind of work? Uh, I'm from Ashburn, Virginia. I've lived there since I was in sixth grade. 
Um, it's like as suburbs as suburbs gets in America. Pretty much like I've never watched an MTV show, but I assume it's what that looks like. Just super suburban and high school-y and whatever. Um, I played two sports in high school, and I just kind of wrote like for myself. Uh, I, hate, I thought I hated English until I was in 10th grade. But about in eighth grade or seventh grade, one of those two, I, I like wrote a little poem that rhymed or something. And then it, I remember sitting in eighth grade and I, I could like see things in my head and I couldn't draw them, I couldn't paint them, but I could like feel them out of my head through my arms onto the paper and write. And I, I just started doing that and I liked the challenge of uh, trying to match like syllables to lines and stuff. And so I just wrote to like process girl problems, whatever. It just felt good, like, inherently creative. The feminists aren't going to like this because this is a song for your body. A song for all that God spent too much time crafting for me to ignore. The freckles on your left shoulder are an E.E. E. Cummings poem. My finger pads can recite from memory. Zigzagging down the stanzas, back and forth across the page, reading even the parentheses out loud every chance they get. Your spine is an ancient epic on a soft clay tablet. I excavate as slowly as and I still, I got involved in local music when I was in college. Uh, the kid played bass for this band called My Heart to Fear, so I would go see them all the time. And uh, the music world kind of like became my culture. Uh, I stopped playing sports, not because I didn't like them, but all I did for my whole life was lift weights, eat, sleep, and then play sports. And I just want to see what else was out there. And uh, I took an intro to creative writing class for kicks. And uh, the Holy Spirit's been doing really cool stuff. And he's been fixing a lot of really embarrassing things. And uh, he's been showing me stuff that he did that I didn't know was his. And uh, I had this crazy, like, just innate understanding of what that class would be with having, without having any experience. Like, my roommate took it, too, and got into it and hated it because he didn't know that's what it was going to be like. But somehow, with no experience, I just knew what was going to happen. And uh, I had this crazy moment after a class one day where a table just appeared in my mind and then it cleared and it just there's just a sentence I have to be a poet and that that was it there and I know now it's the Holy Spirit because it was like it was calm there was no chaos confusion but me and the Holy Spirit here in Rush Limbaugh, we ran on down to the family Christian store. And you see, we picked you up some Bible tracks. They say I love you on them a lot, and they've got a very ethnically accurate picture of me as a white person on them. Maybe if you just give them some of your friends at school, you won't feel so hollow anymore. I love you. Good luck. No, 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 Jesus, none of that. Make me a light so they can see how you came right down in there, wrapped your arms around me, pulled me right on out of there, made me whole and complete. And you, Jesus, I'll be whatever size light you need me to be. I'll be the supernova, a lighthouse, big old searchlight. I promise, man, if you need something smaller, I'll just be a tap light or a pen light or one of those cool little race car keychain flashlights that my parents got me for Christmas. Just please, Jesus, make me a light. Just please, Jesus, make me a light. And so I started reading places, and then I had fallen into spoken word, which is more story. But I was like, man, reading with a microphone doesn't really match my poems, and I'm really into this spoken word stuff. And there's these two guys, Bradley Hathaway. Actually, somebody wrote me down as Bradley Hathaway on the list as a joke. Uh, Bradley Hathaway and Levi the Poet uh, kind of pioneered this. Bradley first, then Levi after. And they, they found a home in the heavy music scene. And I, when I started performing, I was like, well, I kind of like heavy music, and they found a home maybe I will too and so I started performing that and then it kind of just went from there well, yeah that, that was actually one of my questions actually oh, I'm so um, sorry no 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 that's that's a good question because I mean it, it 
to someone on the complete outside like I am, um, I wouldn't have guessed there to be this kind of connection uh, culturally <laughs> between <laughs> this what you call heavy music and, yeah. and poetry and spoken word. And, and so I mean, and so this is a common thing you're saying. Um, maybe not common, but it's 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 there's a tradition of this. Yeah, it's like a it's like a, but like so Bradley, as far as I can tell, Bradley was like the first person to do spoken word and. It's just straight spoken word. There's a band called Me Without You, and their vocalist is like a college professor. Yeah, and he—they're really poetry influenced. But like Bradley was the first dude to just stand up with nothing and do spoken word, and he started touring this band called The Chariot. And apparently, it like no one any ever seen anything like it. So they just like didn't know what to do with it, but it, they knew it was amazing because Bradley's really talented. Yeah. And that latched on and then Levi the Poet is like not a copycat in any sense but he kind of came along and then I had seen them just liking music and then I'd seen them and found like slam poetry which is a whole nother world that's also not academic poetry like there's these three worlds that exist and uh, praise Jesus we like live in a really good time at least in the like alternative underground scene whatever this is yeah. um, it's really cool right now the like the central theme is just passion. So if you're passionate about something and you do it well, everything is cool now. Like um, I'm on tour, you know, with two heavier bands or whatever. But one of them is post-hardcore that sings, and one of them is like a post-rock band. And there's like a pop-punk band that's like a new age, newfound glory that just toured with a straight-up like kill your parents hardcore band, and then like an acoustic act. And, and everyone like you see like super hardcore kids who are like almost breaking people's faces, like stage diving to acoustic music the next act just because everybody's passionate. And we can kind of all admit like hey, you really care about this and you're doing it artistically so we can get behind it. And, and that's one thing I'm just totally drawn to um, about this scene. We're in a basement right now at this, this <laughs> crucifixion church in, in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Um, uh, and the variety of music that I heard tonight was, was pretty broad, and, yeah. <laughs> including you with the, the spoken word. Um, how does a network like this get built? I mean, you're talking to people who are completely yeah. clueless to this, right? So, like, how does this happen? How do you, all these styles come together? Um, I just want to insert, too, the real fun thing. Crucified owns a coffin factory, and it's a skate park now, and they call it Life Over Death. So, nice. like, some really crazy shows happen there. Nice. Yeah, it's, so, it's a beautiful <laughs> metaphor. But, um, I honestly... Like, the ultimate answer is Jesus, because, like, there is real no, like, really no explanation for how all this kind of just falls beautifully into place. But, like, it it started somewhere, and most people say, at least for Christian underground, it, like, started with the Jesus people in the 70s. And I don't know a lot about that. Um, I know my decent history back to maybe, like, 2004, 2005. Because back in the day, like, um, what's one of the things that's really cool about Randy is Randy still flyers. Like, almost no one flyers anymore. But back in the day, people would, like, print out flyers. You'd take the kids at school and you'd hand them out. And it was largely word of mouth. Um, there's, like, really obscure genres, like grindcore, used to, like, thrive on, like, cassette pen pal mailing circles mm. so you're like yo I'm, this band's tight and then you'd like put them on a cassette and like you'd mail it around to people like I've heard about all these things and people would make uh, the DIY scene had zines um, so like people would make their own little magazines and then pass them out at shows or whatever um, it's a lot of just people doing it for me I I I just watched like I watched it and tried to be a sponge and just soak up everything so like anytime I got a chance uh, Indie Vision Music was a great resource they stopped being a news source but they're coming back this year um they cover a lot of pretty much anything faith-based but that they lean really 
heavy on anything that's like indie, alternative, hardcore, or just strange. So like, it was just great. And I, you watch and you learn and you, you, you listen to bands and they get interviewed, like how do you tour, where do you play? And for me, I just looked at people who are similar. So like anytime Bradley played shows, Levi played shows, or anytime any hardcore shows happen, I was like, well, they accepted them, maybe they'll accept me. Where is this? And I would just, I spent hours on Facebook and the internet just looking and seeing like, hey, who's here, like who books this? And then you just send emails and you ask. And once it starts building, like Randy played in a band called We The Gathered. I played a show with them and I thought their music was really cool and they were just kind. And so Kyle, their drummer, got me on Solid Rock and Metal Obsessed the first time five years ago. So I was like, man, I would love to play that. And I had met another dude who did Christian radio. So they put in a word for me, Pastor Ray brought me. And then Praise Jesus, it went well and he keeps bringing me back. And then I'm like, hey, Pastor Ray, these are bands that I know that are cool. And pretty much anytime you have a good experience, you like tell your friends, uh, the tour next month, I was in Florida and the Holy Spirit was like, yo, Josh has to come here. So my friend from Michigan, who I t try to tour with whenever I can, he we do like a potluck tour and we did one last year with where we tried to cook for people. It didn't go that great, but we tried. <laughs> so I was like, hey, Josh, let's do our tour and you gotta come to Florida and meet these cool people. Um, it's like, what's going on in West Palm Beach is unlike anything I've ever seen. Like poetry there is huge. And there's like an arts revival in the whole city and Christians are at the center of it, which is wild. And not just like Christian art, but like the things that happen. Like like my friend Jeanette runs so much of it and it's, and it's cool. Like you don't hear about Christians like participating in culture to that degree. And it's, it's really cool. This kind of like underground almost like alternative culture right yeah um you have no idea how well you fit in with the sequence of podcasts that we've just done you talked about awesome. <laughs> you talked we talked recently about sports and, and how it's sort of becoming an idol in our culture <laughs> sure and you sort of mentioned uh, this before to your about I, yourself I was a poet i played sports ball in a variety of clubs and uh we would always put our hands in the middle before a sports ball uh video game and we would say a cheer, and uh, it would like unite us behind a common purpose. So we're all gonna put our hands in the middle here. I hope it's real quiet. I'm very afraid. Yeah, come on, it's only weird if you don't do it. And then the last episode was sort of about the Christian, the very polished sort of Christian movie scene. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh. And, and, uh, and so we're sort of like pushing back on that. So here I, I see you showing up the day after this is published, this last uh, podcast. And it seems <laughs> to me great. that What's going on here is very unpolished, and it's very sort yeah. of organic, and you keep talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, you clearly have a profound religious life, or, or spiritual life, okay? <laughs> I hope, I uh, I mean, it comes across yeah. with your, your poetry, but also in speaking to you. Do you want to talk just a little bit about how that contributes to this community that's not really commercially yeah. created? Okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this is one of the most beautiful things we've ever been a part of. Um, so, yeah, I was talking to Ben, uh, Comrade's drummer. He said, he was like, so why do you still do it? Because Ben's 26, I'm 25. And uh, a lot of people by our age have, have checked out, gotten families, whatever. You just kind of quit, um, which is fine. Like, God has seasons. But um, he said that for him, like, he plays music because a big part of him becoming a man was music, like, and what he saw in the music community. And uh, I think it's dangerous sometimes in the underground culture we forget that there are other viable outlets to, like, experience Christ or express your talents. Like, you don't have to be in a punk band. Right. But, uh... uh <laughs> what? That's crazy. But for me, um, so I, I started getting into music in high school or whatever, and then I, um, 
there's a record label that's not really a record label, like a mission organization, but they're called Come and Live. Uh, they were from Nashville, they're moving to Minneapolis, but um, they give all their music away for free, 100%, which is why I learned to do that. Um, because, and they're very clear, it's not a pride thing for them, but they're like, listen, like, we literally, like, we literally do not care about our financial security. Like, if you, if this will help you know Jesus, then we want you to know Jesus. Please take this. And what's cool about them, too, is like, it's not crappy stuff in their basement. Like, Ascend the Hill would drop like 50 grand to record a record, or the Ember Days, and then they would literally give it away for free. And not even, um, I think it's Derek Webb, who ever founded Noise Train, has written really extensively about the economic viability of giving music away for free and why it's practical. But, uh, like come and live was the non-practical like they don't want your zip code they don't want your email like they literally just i've seen them beg like please go download this because like they just want you to have things and that challenged my faith um i never at that point in my life i never met any bad christians i love jesus i was in the church but i i never met anyone who took their faith so seriously that that like jesus is literally the greatest thing that's ever happened to humanity ever bar nothing if i believe what i say i believe and i was raised in this football culture of like Put your money where your mouth is. Like my coach is like, hey, if you want to start, we'll just line you two up and whoever wins. And that and that like there weren't questions, you know? And uh so I was like, dang, I if I believe what I say I believe, then then why don't I do these things as people do? Like they they I believe in God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit and the Bible, and uh they pray over people and they get healed and they literally put their whole lives on the line and like everything that they do like what their art is how they live their lives because if you meet a come and live person in person it it's disconcerting it's like unsettling how kind they are and i was like man i don't do any of this i should really start living differently and then and for me so much like i really relate to ben like my coming to age in faith was seeing musicians just out there banging at it and out there desiring to not be in the church like almost all of my friends that play music um, outside of my one friends that are in a worship band, and even they don't want to play churches. It's just hard to play, not play churches in your worship band. Uh, but they all used to be in this filthy, heavy, hardcore band. But like, we all we all want to not play Christian shows. Like, we want to meet people who don't love Jesus. And for me, I'm really excited. Um, I, I think about it a lot. Uh, there's a band that used to be around called Exiting the Fall, and they had a lyric uh, about God filling the gaps in between. And I pray that, like tonight, I had some really head struggles when I was performing, and I was like, all right, Jesus, I hope I didn't F it up. Like, you, please fill those gaps, you know? And I am excited, because like in this subculture thing, we get to fill those gaps. Like, the gaps that, sure, I remember talking to my parents a long time when I was 22, just getting started. And I was like, man, like, I'm mosh. Like, I like heavy music. Like, I like punk things. Like, send me, you know? Like, this is where I can do this. And we all are really passionate. Like, we want to stand in those gaps. And I remember that I was just really, really happy to be alive. And uh, I hope I hope that something you hear tonight reminds you that. Uh, I think God loves you exactly where you are. And I think Jesus is real, but not in the weird way where people want to control you like a puppet or make you look like something. Um, I felt really free last night when I listened to Comrades play, and that's what Jesus makes me feel like. Uh, so if you don't know that, you should seek Jesus, and not because I told you to, but because I've never felt anything in my whole life that feels like that. Uh, I think heaven and hell are real, and I think people go to hell, but I think heaven's free, and we forget to tell people that. So maybe that means something to you, maybe it doesn't. There's a lot of hurt from the church, and a lot of people in this community have been really, really, really unfairly hurt by the church. And we also have a lot of friends who've been hurt by the church. So for a while, there was this real push, um, kind of the same time in like broader Christianity, where people were like moving away from church but still wanting to love Jesus. And then everyone was like, "Wait a minute, that's not scriptural. Like we can't do that." And and so I think we're past that. But like 
we uh, we've all had our struggles with it. We've got friends who had our struggles with it, and we're excited to, to be real. Like I love this community because you can you can come and you can cuss, or you can be like, man, I hate these people, or whatever. Like you can you can just be who you are. And there's there its own like posturing and cliches and stupid crap like any or group of people has but like so much of this is framed around getting to just come and be who you are and be raw um one of my favorite bands is the chariot and they would come to shows that the first time i saw them josh literally just threw the microphone didn't hold it to people chucked it like 10 feet into the crowd and, and had no means of getting it back but their whole thing was like we're people people have an idea of perfect people making perfect music that's so polished they would record a song and not fix any of the mistakes or write it and record it after two run-throughs and he was like sometimes train wrecks are good so they'd go up and just screw up sometimes but it created this huge freedom for people to experience through art and then like the whole culture and conversation around this became like hey if you hurt like we hurt too let's talk about it together and like I don't know, be real, like, say bad words, like, say you don't believe in God, like, whatever, but, like, we can talk about it and come together around art and then, and then hopefully, like, meet the Lord. Walking through the Russian literature section makes me feel like a sinner, insensitive, Dostoevsky and the other jawbreakers, you know, Tolstoy, Solzhenitsyn, Turgenev, Dumbledore, every one of them keeping their sadness and their beards. Epic masculine sellers of a people's despair overflowing onto bland black suits the way to generations raised on vodka and potatoes and cold statues just flipping the pages I can hear the coughs of tuberculosis and pneumonia the click of malnourished bones sure we're generalizing here but every volume still comes off the shelf like a tombstone and also like an anvil because the grief is that heavy and also because the central party ran out of tombstones years ago you can stack this is a real fact, check the internet on it, check Snopes. You can stack all the Russian literature together in the whole library and have enough height to change a light bulb and enough sadness to create a black hole. So please, please don't stack all the Russian literature together. Just a single sentence can carry more sadness than someone Yeah, I just ram up, I, I just no. love it. <laughs> well, Chris, I know you have to go on to Philadelphia. <laughs> um, right? I mean, that's tomorrow. Yeah, I can stay and, here uh, all night. <laughs> no, no. And, uh, and you're obviously a really generous person. And uh, just can you tell us a little bit about how to find your stuff? I know you give it away online. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I, there may be a way for us to support you as well. But <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. How do we find you? Um, just chrisburnsdorf.bandcamp.com. Uh, that's where you can get it all for free. And then it's on like iTunes and every streaming thing available. You can pay whatever you want for it on Bandcamp. Um, and then I have like an online store. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And yeah, there's merch and vinyl records and whatever. Yeah, I appreciate the money, but it, yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, it's just a fun thing. It's hard to ask people for money, and then God teaches you grace. We uh, we call it blessing blocking. Like sometimes people will be like, "Hey, let me get you a meal," and everyone's you know the typical adult thing. Oh no, no, that's okay, you know. And then we always are just like, "Listen, are you too good for Jesus? Are you too good for grace?" <laughs> Somebody said that to me once, and then it teaches you to accept. <laughs> yeah, um, awesome, Chris. You're awesome. Uh, Jesus. I really appreciate uh, you coming to Johnstown and, and doing yeah, what you do. Thank you. For this group of 40, 50 people that are here tonight, obviously just loving what you do, and uh, and, and I did as well. So thank you, have you. A, you have a great rest of the tour. Thank you so much. That was awesome. No, uh, praise Jesus. I hope I didn't talk too much. No, I just, not uh, at all. I mean, there will be moments where I'll probably...